0: Montana Mint and the Big Sky Podcast Network, the latter half of that being more important today because I am your host, Chris, from the Tubbs at the Club Vandal Podcast, filling in for Bear Tycoon today, and Producer Jerry, they're out getting their tickets ready to travel to Ogden, Utah. We've got quarterfinals football to talk about, we have coach openings to talk about, so, I am joined by our three esteemed panelists Mike Nugent of the Grizz Fan Podcast, Ryan Thornburg of the RR Catcast, and our random FCS know it all from the FCS Fans Nation, Kyler Neal, here to talk all things Big Sky quarterfinals and Big Sky coach openings. So, uh, let's roll right into it with our first segment. There's been two openings that have come up in the Big Sky. One at Northern Colorado and one at Cal Poly. Now, Bo Baldwin has accepted the job at Cal Poly, and there's been rumors swirling of former Montana coach Bob Stitt to Northern Colorado. If you were a coach right now in the big sky, which one of these head ball coaches positions would be more appealing to you, Mike Nugent?
1: Oh, man, Cal Poly. Have you guys ever been to Northern Colorado before? I... That job, for so many reasons is is in my mind, unless you are an amazing coach, a dead end. I would take Cal Poly recruiting in California, much bigger base than trying to get people to come to Greeley in a in a state like Colorado that has several significantly better university options. Yeah, Cal Poly all day. Kyler,
0: if you're a headball coach right now, which one of these positions would you be more interested in?
2: I mean, I don't even know why this is a question. Northern Colorado or Cal Poly? What is good in Greeley? like Mike was saying? You know, San Luis Obispo is, a, is an awesome city. It's a beautiful campus. Um, it actually has a football stadium for one in football athletic facilities. And then you just look at, like, the recruiting area. Um, Cal Poly's endowment is, like, 200-and-something million. Uh, they have 20-something thousand students, I believe. Yeah, if you're looking for a more attractive place to coach FCS football, I would say cal poly is hands and above better than northern colorado i don't think northern colorado would be a favorite over a lot of d2 schools
0: all right ryan are you agreeing with mike and kyler on this one?
3: First of all do you prioritize a nice place to live and a quality education like an institution or you just uh, prioritize not actually having to be very good at your job, because if you don't want to be very good at your job, Northern Colorado is the place for you, as Ernest Collins guaranteed year after year after year after year, and a personal note about me, I have an affliction called anosmia, which means I can't smell, I've heard Greeley stinks pretty bad, it wouldn't bother me at all, I'm picking Greeley. (laughs) (laughs) I like it,
0: bold, bold moves from the R&R CatCast to start the episode. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's dive a little bit more in. We, we covered the offseason stuff that's coming up, but we still have three teams in the playoffs right now. Let's go over uh, probably our last North Dakota question ever on Big Sky Big Takes. Uh, North Dakota probably stealing one of the last four in spots from another Big Sky institution, most likely a UC Davis or an Eastern Washington, and then not winning a bid to be able to host a game, losing it out to Nichols, who's – away team locker room was literally tense uh and only managed six points in the game falling 24 six was it a mistake by the selection committee to put north dakota in kyler you're you're a well rounded fcs guy what's your take on this
2: first as a big sky fan can we just say thank god north dakota's leaving you know they, they didn't do anything for our conference hey, they man. didn't beat eastern they weren't competitive uh but If the question is who was better, North Dakota or Eastern Washington, obviously Eastern Washington was better than North Dakota. We beat them running one play. We ran up the middle in the A-gap, and no one is losing to Eastern if we're just running up the middle. But at the end of the day, the committee did not do the wrong thing to put North Dakota in over Eastern Washington, even if Eastern Washington was a better team, because North Dakota had an extra FCS win. They had a better overall resume. Our best win was beating North Dakota. Their best win was beating Montana State. It was kind of a no-brainer why they would choose north dakota over eastern washington but yes north dakota stings
3: all right thornburg do you agree with that i do i mean for any fcs program you can't really come out of the gate being three and five with a naia win or d2 i don't really know what the game was for eastern but i mean that kind of just sunk it right off the bat you really have to come back into favor and they just didn't get it done in time and like uh kyler said the Their best win was North Dakota, and North Dakota's best win was Montana State. And they did have a couple of ranked wins at the time, which didn't end up being ranked wins at the end. But I looked at the rest of the next four out, and really, I mean, North Dakota had the best resume out of the other four teams the next four out. So I think the committee made the right choice. Um, But North Dakota made a pretty poor choice by not outbidding Nichols. That's their own fault, though, but the committee did a good job. Mike, are these guys right, or do you have a different opinion?
0: No, these guys are right. Good riddance to North
1: North Dakota, first of all. I don't know how a state school doesn't outbid nickels. I mean, that's just embarrassing. The Missouri Valley Conference can have them. Um, you know, as for getting in over Davis and, and Eastern, you know, both those programs they have to take care of business. And, and I know that it's a financial thing, but one of the things you guys have heard me talk about all year is the Big Sky Conference schools have to get better at scheduling. And it's not just football. Basketball, too, but that's a different conversation. Uh, we do it to ourselves. So I mean, Eastern going into conference play with no FCS wins. I mean that that just sets you up to fail. You have to be perfect, and they just they just didn't get it done. And I there's nothing I hate more than D two games on Big Sky conference schedules, and I hate that the Grizz have one next year. So we we got to put an end to that somehow.
0: All right. Well, everybody stands by. Good riddance, North Dakota. So they're done and Bye-bye. dusted. Out of the playoffs, out of the Big Sky. Now let's get to some teams that are still in the Big Sky with the final question of our first segment. What Big Sky teams are still national championship game contenders?
3: Thornburg, I want to hear your take first on this. If I had to put in order, I would probably put Montana, Montana State, and Weber. But at the same time, I'm not so sure Montana is going to get past Weber But if you're going to go with like a JMU matchup, I think Montana would have the best chance to compete with JMU. And I think the Bobcats have the best chance of anyone on that side of the bracket to compete with North Dakota state. But realistically, I don't know how good a chance any of the teams have against two juggernauts like JMU and North Dakota state. But that would be, I mean, any given Saturday, any team can win it, but I put the odds pretty low, but those in my order, that's how I'd put it.
0: All right, Mike, Ryan had the Grizz at two do you stand by that? Do you think they're a national title game contender? I actually think the Grizz and the Cats are national
3: title
1: game contenders. Yeah, I get NDSU's there, but I think NDSU is more beatable than they've been in several years. Not to say that they're not odds-on favorite to win at all, because they probably are. But uh, I, I think they're beatable. I think that either the Grizz or the Cats could beat James Madison in a potential matchup. Um, I don't think Weber can because I don't think Weber has the offense to keep pace. Um, But I I think two of the three Big Sky teams are actually contenders. The Grizz would have to have a good day because they're susceptible to, you know, some physicality from time to time. But, you know, whatever.
0: Kyler, for those that don't listen to the FCS Fans Nation, I know you guys already covered this and released an episode. But uh, for everyone that hasn't, who is still a national title contender in the Big Sky?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I actually think North Dakota State is an easier matchup than James Madison, Um, looking at James Madison play all year, so I would say Montana State probably has the best shot out of the three to dethrone one of those two teams. Um, Montana, they have a better offense, but I'm still not sold on their defense, and James Madison's offense is insanely good and underrated. They're top four in offense and top four on defense. Same with North Dakota State. I actually think stylistically Weber has a better chance to knock off James Madison than Montana, but I'm not sure if Weber gets past Montana. So I would say out of all these teams – The best chance is, surprisingly, Montana State trying to beat North Dakota State, and I don't like the odds of that either.
0: A little mixed opinions on who are national title contenders out of the big sky, but there is hope for big sky. But let's take that into our second segment of the night, the team drill down. Uh, We've got a Grizz, we've got a Bobcat, and we've got a generic FCS fan here. Um, So let's get into some of these playoff matchups. Uh, we're going to start with you, Mike. This is a rematch of just a couple weeks ago with the Grizz taking care of Weber rather handedly in Missoula. What changes do you think the coaches will have to make with Weber um, now that they're facing them down in Utah the second time in about a month?
1: You know, I think they're going to have to figure out some things in their defensive passing game, which is going to be tough because they just don't have the depth to, to really change their system. We run a kind of a weird three-three-five, but it's just because – Coach Stitt only recruited wide receivers, so we've had to rebuild the lines, and they're just a couple years away from being dominant, which is this domino effect on the rest of the roster. Um, But I honestly, I I think that that Weber-Montana game comes down to if Weber's offense can actually score on the Grizz defense, which you think they should be able to, but I will tell you, I mean, that game, Weber had no idea Montana was going to be as physical as they were. So it'll be interesting to see on the flip side, how does Weber respond to that? How do they prepare? They've really been itching for this rematch. They've been talking about it. So it's going to be interesting to watch.
0: Now let's hear hear from the Bobcats. Ryan, as our resident Bobcat fan, um, had I told you Montana State would win Cat Grizz and their first-round playoff game by a combined score of 96-35 to 35 without Troy Anderson, you probably would have called me crazy. But how have the Cats been able to play at such an elite level without Mr. Do-Everything Troy Anderson?
3: It's kind of an interesting question because I think not having Troy Anderson kind of takes the reliance off of Troy Anderson in a way. Like, all right, it's third and two. Troy's going to get it done. We don't got to work so hard for it necessarily. Like, he's going to get it done. It's kind of like almost a silver lining. It's kind of made the team play better to replace him on both sides of the ball. But I think a lot of it has been – Uh, On the defensive side, Josh Hill, a name that might not be too familiar with a lot of fans around the Big Side Conference, but he's a really good linebacker for us who's been kind of injured throughout his career, missed most of last year. The first game back was during North Dakota State, and he was already like our best linebacker of the year, and he's been kind of injured on and off this year, but he's kind of been on a pitch count, but him coming back has really allowed us to kind of take over the role that Troy Anderson was filling on defense, so I just think it's been a combination of that, and I think uh, first year... Uh, defensive coordinator Kane Ione finally kind of having the reins on his own. He's really grew game by game. He's making really good defensive uh, play calling, and I, I really like just the way the whole team is playing. And it's kind of we're just kind of a team that does it without any sort of star player. And I think that's kind of what it, what really has been attributed to the success. Kyler,
0: big news coming out uh, in the Big Sky Conference today. We kind of already covered it. Uh, that job that you would rather have over Northern Colorado was claimed by former national championship winning coach. Bo Baldwin from the Eastern Washington Eagles um, in what many would perceive to be a move backwards, going from the offensive coordinator of a Power 5 Pac-12 team to a we'll call him struggling Big Sky team. Uh, do you think there's a timetable on Bo Baldwin being able to turn Cal Poly into an actual Big Sky contender, or is this just a placeholder job until something better comes along? I mean, we, we can look at it two different ways. Is it a
2: placeholder or is it now a resume builder? He he brought Eastern to a national power. If he can do that same thing with Cal Poly, the sky's the limit for this guy as a head coach. Maybe not quite an offensive um, coordinator at the top level, but maybe a head coach where he can get his his hands in all of the pie, as we like to call it. But I, I don't think... I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if there's a timetable on how long it's going to take Cal Poly. I'm pretty sure Cal Poly is just excited because this is the, the most decorated coach Cal Poly has ever had in their coaching system, and they're just excited. They don't have the talent that Coach Baldwin likes, so it's going to take a couple years to fluctuate and get some speed out of their wider receivers and not just some really heavy fullbacks who have power. So it's going to take some time to adopt a Cal Poly. But yeah, he, he may be looking for the next move up to a Mountain West team. But just think if he can make Cal Poly into a power at this level like he did Eastern Washington, man, jobs are going to be flowing to wherever he wants to go.
0: Yeah, and to use one of my 20-second host inputs here, uh, it's kind of scary to think that three teams that used to be consistent cellar dwellers in the big sky um, in the three California schools could have three of the best coaches um, in the big sky here in the next couple of years. Uh, Especially scary for an Idaho fan like myself. Um, So hopefully – this totally flops, and I don't have to worry about being ninth through twelfth place every year. But uh, moving on to segment <laughs> three,
1: did they the, fire Patrino? What you, What are you talking about?
0: No, no, they. they well, that's a conversation for a whole nother podcast. Uh, wish so we got have to Keep ball worrying. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, segment three. Normally, we'd be doing fantasy builder, but we were planning on having four panelists and with three teams. The math didn't add up there. Uh, So we decided to do Vegas lines for the remaining playoff games, including the ones that don't include the Big Sky, to try to get an idea of what the semifinals might look like since we have a guaranteed Big Sky team in them, Uh, starting with the... Friday at 7 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Mountain, number three seed Weber State hosting the number six Grizz. Weber is currently a three-point dog at home, and the over-under on this game is 57 points. Thorny, you, who, who are you taking in this, and you going to take
3: the over or the under? That's funny. I'm not a huge gambling guy. I had to email you to ask how to talk about this because I don't fully understand when people talk about <laughs> taking points and whatnot. But I got Weber State winning this game, and they're not. No, that there's no way it's going to 57 points combined.
0: All right, so you're taking Weber on the money line and the under. I like it. That's a good call for defensive teams. Uh, Mike, wh- where are you taking on this? I feel like you have a different opinion on the Weber taking it.
1: I do mostly because I've seen these two teams play in person already this year. Um, I don't know what Thorny was looking at a couple weeks ago. Uh, Weber is a great team in a lot of ways, but if your offense can move on them, they're going to be in trouble. The Grizz proved that they could pass on them, and Dalton Sneed was actually not really as healthy as he is now. I think we all saw the best version of Dalton Sneed last week in the Grizz playoff game, and I think Weaver's going to struggle with them again. I think, it's, I think it's Montana, and I think it's Montana
0: fairly easily. I don't think it's getting to 57 points, though. Uh, all right, so the under in Montana. Kyler, you're the tie break here. What do you think this one's going to go? You taking Weber, taking Montana, taking the points?
2: Well, you got to look at it this way. How many road games has Montana lost this year? It's been three. How many home games has Weber lost in the last three years? It's been three. Man, I get Weber got demolished by Montana at Montana a couple weeks ago, but Montana has yet to play really good on the road besides a really bad UC Davis team that we all thought was good. They were not. They got beat by North Dakota. Even Eastern didn't. I'm going to actually take Weber for the win, and I'm going to take the under, actually. I think it will be a really good game.
0: All right, all right. I like it. I know a very educated analyst from the Grizz fan pod that brought up that both teams are 7-0 and at home and is hedging their bets. Uh, so we'll see how this one plays out. <laughs> Who is going to be the unfortunate team have to face the winner of Weber and Montana between uh, kicking off a little bit before four o'clock Pacific five o'clock Mountain on Friday number two C James Madison is facing uh, the Panthers of Northern Iowa James Madison is a 12 point favorite I wrote dog but they're a 12 point favorite at home with the over under at 41 points Mike James Madison going to be able to win by just about two touchdowns or is that a little high?
1: No, I think that's probably about right. I mean, you and I obviously has a pretty good defense, but their offense is putrid. As much as I would hope that Northern Iowa could pull that upset, um, because it, it, you know, that's a more magical run for for my team. I just don't see it. I think James
0: Madison wins by two touchdowns. All right, Kyler, James Madison gonna be able to win by two touchdowns?
2: Yeah, um, James Madison, in my opinion, is the best team in the FCS right now, and how they're playing. I would I would take the bet if it was James Madison favored by 24. I think they're going to absolutely kick Northern Iowa in the face. Uh, yeah, they're going to win by 12.5 points easily, and I'll take the over on the 41.
0: All right. I like it. Thorny, you've had some time to, to hear some other people's takes on this one. James Madison, 12.5, over under at 41. What are your opinions?
3: I Agree that I think Northern Iowa's offense is atrocious. I don't see him scoring more than like probably 10 points in this game Unless it's maybe in garbage time. I think James Madison easily covers this, but I think it's gonna be the under I think it's gonna be like 35 to 3
0: Ooh, I like that uh, some hard defense uh, that takes us to the other side of the bracket uh, Thorny's Bobcats the number five seed are facing the probably surprise of the tournament so far austin p governors uh that's also at f- on friday uh five o'clock pacific six o'clock mountain uh, the bobcats are favored by six points at home in this one the over under is 55 points seems a little high for a bobcat game kyler but uh what do you think
2: so if you actually look at these teams both of these teams may be the two hottest teams in the playoffs on um you know overdoing their what they were supposed to do Austin p has been Killing everyone. Uh, Montana State has been killing everyone. Montana State found an offense. Who would have ever thought that? Their offense, it looks about as good as anyone else's in the country. So does Awesome Peas. I will take Montana State, though. Awesome Peas never played in that type of elevation, that type of cold weather. I'm going to take Montana State. I think Montana State covers the six points, and I am going to take the over. I think it's going to be like a, a 40 to 24 point game, something around there.
0: Okay. Thorny? Your Bobcats going to pull this out?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think that just the depth is going to be a little too much. I think it's going to be a, a tight game maybe in the first quarter, but I really see the Bobcats' depth and just strength and just size and physicality just kind of taking over. I think it's going to be pretty decent chunk in the fourth quarter, but I think the Austin Peel score late, and I think it'll. I'll take the Bobcats, and I will take actually the over. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored, like 42, like the 20, high 20s, kind of like Kyler said.
0: Mike Nugent. The the rival Bobcats, six too much, over under too high.
1: No, I mean I can't believe that this is only a six point spread. I mean, Austin is a great story, and yeah, they just went in and beat Sack, but Sack hasn't been the same since Thompson got hurt, even though he even even though he came back. I mean the Cats at home, the excitement, Choate's best, you know, team so far. Honestly the Cats best team since nineteen eighty four, if you really think about it. Um, I don't think there's any way the Cats lose this game. I might
0: even go with the over. Wow, I'm surprised we had a couple overs on this game. Um, but you could say the the prize of winning this game is not that great of a prize as you're most likely going to be traveling to Fargo, North Dakota to face the Bison after they play Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Mountain Time against Illinois State the Bison are finished by 20 and a half points at home with only an over under of 41. Uh, Ryan, NDSU the Juggernaut the Dynasty is 28 and a half too high when you're playing a conference foe for the second time.
3: I think that's pretty high. I want to I want to say it's going to go over that, but I'm actually going to pick Illinois State to cover that it's gonna be at under forty one. I'm thinking it's gonna be something like twenty-eight to thirteen or something like that.
1: Mike. Yeah, I'll take the under, but I mean, doesn't Illinois state state have a bunch of injury issues for key players? Like I just don't see him competing. NDSU already beat him once this year. I don't see it happening.
2: Kyler. Yeah, uh like like Mike was just saying, Illinois State does have a lot of injuries, but they are getting their best wide receiver back and Uh, When they first played North Dakota State, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, North Dakota State dominated them. I think it was like a 30 point win, something pretty close to that. But Illinois State has found a running game and Robinson is tearing up everyone. I do think Illinois State could cover. um, But what wait, what is it? Is it 20 and a half points or 28 and a half? Because I heard 28 and a half, but it's written as 20. So I'm curious.
0: Yeah, it's uh, 20 and a half.
2: Okay, so I do think NDSU probably covers. I think they'll win by about 24 points, and I'm going to take the over in this one as well. North Dakota State might hit 41 by themselves.
0: Well, that closes out our segment three, which is replacing the Fantasy Builder this week. Uh, We replaced it with the Pick'Em for the upcoming playoff games. But before we get into segment four, which is our top two showdown, I want to take a moment to remind everybody that Big Sky Big Takes is a joint production of the Montana Mint and the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, We're proud to be sponsored by the Montana Mint Store. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Montana Mint. We love them. Those of us from Montana or whoever have been to Montana know one thing about fashion in the big sky. If a store makes a cool design, Every single person in the state will be wearing it in just a few short months. Looking at you home with a period after it shirt and the outline of Montana with roots coming out of it hat. This drove our buds at the Montana Mint store crazy. So they decided to just do limited runs of everything they produce. When you buy from the Montana Mint, you can rest assured that only a small number of design and colors were made. Giving you a chance to stand out amongst the crowd. Check out all of their gear uh, new gear at the montana mint.com. Click store and check it out. And uh, I just want to say, as an Idaho person, I know that they just released a awesome new hat that I believe was a collab with an Idaho company. So check that out. It's a cool hat. I got one. So I can personally guarantee that the montana mint.com store you should go check out. Now, normally, producer Jerry uh, would be here tallying up scores before we get into the showdown but he and Bear Tycoon are on their way to Utah so uh, I don't have any way to get those so all three of you made it congratulations let's start with the showdown number one question two teams are guaranteed to be represented from the big sky in Frisco with two of the four Walter Payton finalists being from the big sky who do you think deserves to win it more Case Cookus from Northern Arizona, or Kevin Thompson from the startup Sac State Hornets. Kyler, let's start with you.
2: Well, I did a rant on this the other day on Twitter, calling out all the voters, thinking they were stupid. How is Case Cookus even above Eric Barrier, who beat them in wins, who beat them in total yards, who beat them in total touchdowns, who beat them in efficiency, who had less interceptions? So I'm going to go with Kevin Thompson, who led a zero-win Big Sky team last year to all the way to a top four seed. Kevin Thompson deserves it over Case Cookis. Case Cookis doesn't even deserve it over a guy who's not going to be represented.
0: All right. I, li- I like the bold take. Plus no playoffs from Case Cookis this year. Uh, Mike, what's your opinion on Case Cookis versus Kevin Thompson?
1: Yeah, spot on. Every once in a while, um, and we should be used to this in the big sky where the voters suck for awards, but every once in a while, these people turn this stuff into like career achievements and it's like, oh, he's had a great career. It's BS the the, NAU was terrible this year he doesn't deserve to be anywhere near that finalist list
0: yeah that, that you know you guys are making some good points thorny can you hammer home the the kevin thompson train or are you going to stand up for case Cookus? i'm
3: going to stand up for my boy case Cookus because kevin thompson was injured for a couple games so Cookus had just better overall stats and that's really what it comes down to when you're talking about a best individual player not in the best individual team i'm going with my boy case Cookus.
0: All right, I like it. And uh, I believe Eric Berrier was fifth place. So he, he was close, Kyler, but I understand uh, the frustration of not making the finals and getting to go to Frisco. I mean, look uh, at what which... our
2: boy just said. It's all about stats. And then Eric didn't even yep. make it when he had better
0: stats.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's no, ridiculous that <laughs> wasn't on there. It's, it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> well... Well, now we can talk about some other bad things for the Big Sky Conference down here in the showdown. Question number two, which loss was worse for the Big Sky Conference? The North Dakota loss at Nichols or Sac State being upset at home? Uh, Mike, what's your opinion on this? Oh, it's absolutely
1: Sac State. I mean, nobody cares about North Dakota. They were independent this year. They're the Missouri Valley's problem. Good riddance. It's Sac State. I mean, the only good thing is that Three of the four ranked teams out of or seeded teams out of the Big Sky showed well, so the Big Sky actually showed well this year. Sac State did what so many Big Sky teams have done this decade, which is have this hot run and win it and then fall flat on their face in the playoffs. Portland State has done it. NEU has done it. I mean, we've had two Big Sky teams lose to San Diego, and Sac State, it, it was embarrassing.
0: All right. Thorny is—is is he spot on? Is Sac State the worst loss, or is it North Dakota?
3: Well, as a Bobcat fan, it's certainly worse that for North Dakota because they beat us. So that's embarrassing. They go down there to Nichols in the rain and score three points. Come on! But for the conference, uh I bet you took a poll across the FCS fans, like p- people who don't even know North Dakota is in the Big Sky Conference. So don't even matter. Definitely Sac State being the highest-seeded team losing to an unseeded OVC team. That's not good.
0: Yeah, not good at all. Uh, Kyler, how how not good was it? Is it the worst, or is, is there some North Dakota in there?
2: Well, uh, I don't even consider North Dakota a Big Sky team right now, so who cares? The Missouri Valley just got our bottom feeder. I know they made the playoffs, but eh, they weren't that good. Um, yeah, the the worst one. I got to agree with all these guys. Sac State was a seeded team, and holy crap, Austin P, who had what? like 48 losing seasons in a row where they maybe had like three wins total. I don't even know. They were awful. And now they're in the playoffs and they beat the big sky four seed by like 40 points going into the fourth quarter. It was embarrassing. So yeah, Sac state, guess what? Put your dunce cap on. We're done with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, another big sky team that has an embarrassing first appearance in the FCS playoffs. Um, but some teams that did not uh, have some disappointing attendances or uh, appearances, Montana State had a win over U Albany and drew twelve thousand nine hundred and forty-seven last weekend. Weber drew only five thousand four hundred and twenty-two uh, officially. I watched the game; it looked a little less, but uh, it was snowing. During their win against Kansas State, we know that Grizz fans will travel and travel well to Weber. Will it be enough? To have an all, or will it be enough for the all Big Sky, and ironically, the only all-seeded team matchup in the quarterfinals this week to out-attend Montana State. Thorny, I want to hear it from you. Are is Bozeman ready to host uh, a quarterfinal game, or do you think the Grizz and Weber State combined can outdraw you guys?
3: I think it's going to be actually fairly close. I'm afraid a Friday night game, a big thing that Montana State relies on and Montana as well. is just Montana is such a football state. People drive from all corners of the state to watch respective teams, and a Friday makes it pretty hard. I'm only hoping that maybe since it's graduation weekend, there'll be a bunch of people in town and there's a big uh, drive going to get donations for tickets for for like uh, cherries and stuff. I'm hoping that we'll get over. I hope we'll match last weekend's, and if we do, we will, but I'm also kind of nervous we'll get under 10,000. But I think. Overall, we should be better than the two combined.
0: All right, Kyler, do you think uh, Montana or Montana versus Weber is going to be able to outdraw Montana State at home? Man, this one's this one's close because
2: when Montana's come into any of our Big Sky teams, the fans end up showing up. You know, everyone wants to beat Montana. Weber, they've been in the Big Sky for a long time. They want to beat Montana, especially after Montana spanked them earlier. The fans for Weber are going to show up, plus Montana's going to be driving up. They're going to show up. But, man, Montana State, they just have a great fan base. What's the over-under? I mean, <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty equal. I, I i say they both draw 13,000, uh, but I will give the edge to Weber because I do think they'll have 8,000 by themselves just because it's Montana only.
0: All right, Mike, what's your opinion on this? More Grizz going to... Utah, or will the Bobcats be able to hold the attendance record for the Big Sky this week?
1: Oh, I mean, the Bobcats are going to outdraw Weber and the Grizz. I think the Grizz are going to have several thousand, maybe 3,000 fans. Sounds like a lot of people are going. But kind of reading the Weber message board such as it is and some of that stuff, it doesn't sound like Weber's fans are as pumped as you might expect them to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be a massive sellout. It's supposed to be raining Friday night in Ogden. Um, And I think, you know, the first time the Grizz hosted a a Friday night playoff game, there were the same concerns. But something about a night playoff game drew enough people out. I think MSU easily outdraws what they did last week. I I don't see any chance that the Weber-Montana game beats the Montana State game in attendance. But I do think there's a chance that it sounds like it's 50-50 of Montana fans and Weber fans and Weber.
0: All right. Well, that takes us to our last question, which now reading it, I feel like I can pick just about everybody but Kyler's pick. <laughs> which big sky game are you watching Friday evening on your main TV? Uh, Kyler, let's start with you. Yeah. Which game are you watching and why?
2: Yeah, I'm actually going to watch the Austin P versus Montana State game. I think it's the most intriguing game. Um, the quarterback from Austin P, his last name's Craig. He looked like Cam Newton against Sac State. He was running all over the ball. He was fun to watch, and it'll be fun to see if that type of a quarterback can do that against Montana State, whose defense is, you know, for a rushing defense, is way better than Sac State's. So I think that's the most intriguing game of the weekend, and I will be watching that one. I'll probably actually watch all three, but I'm more looking forward to that one.
0: All right, Mike. Um I'm assuming you're watching the Grizz game. Maybe I'm wrong, but if you're watching the Grizz game and you—if you're not a Grizz fan—why should you be tuning into this game?
1: Well, I'm none of the above because I am going to Ogden, so um, <laughs> no TVs. I, on. I will be there, be there live. No TVs on. I think that you guys are crazy. I mean, the premier matchup of the whole night is Montana and Weber. It's the closest seed. It's a rematch. It's conference rivals msu is going to take care of austin p in the first 10 minutes of the game jmu is going to blow out uni montana and weber is where it's at
0: all right thorny is mike right should you be watching the grizz weber game are you still watching your bobcats and if so why
3: well i got what two hours for the bobcats to put the game away before the grizz game kicks off i believe uh I'm not so sure that Bob- I'm not as confident that the Bobcats will take care of it that quickly or even at all. Like, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think that they will win, but as a pure fan of not any affiliation, I would be watching the Grizz game first and foremost. I think it has the most intrigue, revenge factor. I want to see how the- Chris play on the road, but of course, I'm going to be watching my Bobcats. All right. Well, uh, that that brings us to the end
0: of this week's Big Sky Big Takes. I wish I had the little dinger like they do on Around the Horn because I've been tallying up points as you guys go uh, instead of I don't know how producer Jerry usually does it. But we have a tie between Kyler Neal and Ryan Thornburg at 22 points. But it does not matter because Mike Dugent wins with 27 points. Mike, take it away, 32 seconds. 30 to 40 seconds to talk about whatever you want and then let the people at home listen and find out how to find you man
1: I was all ready to start ranting about the BS judging in this thing <laughs> um, you know I've talked about it all year uh, football college football needs to figure out replay it is not consistent you've heard me bitch about this before the, the Grizz got called for a roughing the kicker on the first drive of the game that allowed SLU to go and score. And it was so blatantly obvious after the fact that the guy got blocked into it. We could see it on the big screen. They could see it on TV. I mean, some of this stuff needs to get cleaned up. It's it's just driving me nuts. I also think that we need to shift away from regionalization of the playoffs, even though this year has been great with the four big sky seeded teams. And we need to go back to a world where, on some level, the, getting the number one seed is worth something, and they actually get the worst remaining team after the first round. Um, I don't know how we do it,
0: but I think we got to get there. All right. Mike Ugent, Nugent using my rookiness to uh, take two hot takes, but I like it because they're both spot on. Uh, Mike, just remind the people how they can find you in the Greatest Fan Podcast.
1: Yep, I'm at Mike M. Nugent on Twitter, and we're at GrizzFanPod on Twitter.
0: Either one's a great listen. All right, and then, Thorny, this is only your second appearance on the show. People might have missed your first one. Let them know how to find you.
3: You can find my personal Twitter. It's Celtic Moose 33 because some dickhead had Celtic Moose the first time <laughs> in the history of my online experience. Someone <laughs> took my username, but you can also find me at rrcatcast.com. Our, our that is the fan podcast for the Montana State Podcast. All right. And Kyler Neal, you have a couple things to plug. Choose
0: whichever one you want for people to be able to find you. Well,
2: first, can I just ask you, how much is Brian Marceau paying you? I saw on his Twitter, he's like two-time Big Sky champ. I'm a two-time Big Sky podcast champ, and I was just hoping to get that third one so I can shut up, Brian. How much is he paying you?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we keep our payments <laughs> closed.
2: <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, you guys can find me on, um, you know, FCS Fans Nation or on Twitter Neil underscore eighty eight. I'm normally the ones you know picking Montana State to lose. All
3: right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that, I want to thank our three great panelists for showing up. Uh, also, check us out at Tubs at the Club at Tubs at the Club for being our guest host. Um, Filling in for Bear Tycoon and producer Jerry this week. We got a lot of good playoff games. We got one team guaranteed to make the semifinals. Um, It's going to be an exciting week for Big Sky football. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to this joint production from the Montana Mint and the Big Sky Podcast Network. Have a great weekend and enjoy the games. Haters going to (laughs) hate.